Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 50. My name is Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. Hello. My name is Brent. Your name is Brent. Number 50. This is a demi-century of podcasts. Whatever you said. Wow. Sounds good. Uh, we we're going to do something special for this podcast, but instead, uh, we're gon- not going to do anything. <laughs> uh, instead, we are going to make this a little bit shorter than a normal podcast, so what? Uh, not, not that great of a number 50, but... We're doing it for a very important reason because we took the opportunity today to film standalone videos, so the original post-to-post format. So we've we've done a test over the past two weeks of doing fairly decent podcasts and splitting them off into podcast highlight videos and releasing those. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of time to film regular post-to-post videos and release those. Um, so the channel's been a pretty stagnant over the past two weeks and mm-hmm. uh, but it unfortunately like it was the best that we could have done in the past two weeks you were doing stuff and i was doing stuff we just didn't have time and that sucks but uh so it was a bit of a failed experiment so we're not going to do that anymore what i'm going to do is create a third channel specifically for post to post podcast highlights so if you don't care about irregular videos and you don't care to watch our full podcast and you really just want to see the highlights you can subscribe to that channel it's not created yet so don't ask for a link uh, I'll link it maybe in about a week in the next podcast. I need to create it and create graphics for it and, and everything, but uh, I'll get, get that up and running soon. So we did film some standalone videos today. We're going to do it again tomorrow because it's a holiday here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So there will be the next two weeks for us and hopefully for you should be pretty good. Should get back to our, get back to the roots here on Post to Post. The other thing that we're going to do is upgrade our audio quality. You might say, and I've heard this before, those mics sound really good. And they do sound pretty good. These are $30 mics from Amazon, but here's why they don't sound good. If I move this arm, can you hear that? I know you can, because I can hear it in my ear holes. And uh, so we bought mics that are actual like broadcast quality mics. They're on the way, and we're gonna switch things around as far as really the whole channel goes. Sorry, see? Now, what I'm, what's going to happen is, or what eats a lot of our time is when we do a normal video, we use the table that he's at there pushed over a little bit for you audio listeners, and you probably know from just from visualizing our regular videos. Mm-hmm. We have to move all the lights in the camera over to that setup, and when we want to film the podcast, we have to shift everything over here, which is fine, but it does take, it's, it is time-consuming, unfortunately. It takes like yeah. 20 minutes every time I want to do it, and it sucks. So what I'm going to do is take this table, reverse it into a V, kind of like Tim and Sid, if you're familiar with Tim and Sid. We're going to sit at an angle to the camera. So I'm going to be kind of sitting, usually I sit face on for for normal videos. I'm going to be sitting more of an angle. You're going to be at the same angle. And uh, we're going to use those mics. And not only for the podcast, but for every video. So every video is going to look the same as the podcast. The podcast is just going to be longer and it's going to be a different format. But all the regular videos are going to look like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have awesome vid- audio quality for every single normal video, and not this, not that road mic that's there. I don't know if you can see it in the screen or not. Uh, but because when we bang on the table or even tap the table, it's really, really bad with that mic. So we're going to we're not going to use that anymore. We're going to use quality mics, and hopefully the production quality will be right where we want it as mm-hmm. f- for the most part. I mean, things can always change and stuff. But yeah. the, the desk is going to take a little bit to get used to. But it's, it's going to be good. It's a step in the right direction. We'll be sitting in roughly the same orientation we're sitting in now, but the desk will be 
angled in this way and angled out that yeah, way. Yeah, we'll, we'll be a little closer together yeah. uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's to cut down on time on our end that you don't see in between videos and rearranging and stuff, which will hopefully lead f- to more content uh, for an, an extra video. So, because if we don't have to take that 20 minutes and rearrange, we could bang out another video in that 20 minutes. So oh, yeah. that's kind of why we're doing it and trying to be a little bit more efficient. Mm-hmm. So that is is the reason that today's podcast is shorter because we wanted to get back to the roots and film some normal videos and we can't do that and also film like an hour and a half long podcast so mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of step taking a step back a little bit the other reason why this is going to be short is because today is remembrance day or veterans is it veterans day in the united states veterans day in the u.s remembrance day in canada yeah, yeah and that's right the nhl.tv is actually free today and it's it's a really good chance for me to watch hockey <laughs> i i don't get to watch a lot of hockey i try and watch a little bit of one game every single night sometimes i get a chance to watch two games today is going to be a really great day i'm going to try and watch like four games today if i can which is the first time in the season that i've been able to do, to do that so that's really important to me because if i'm not watching hockey then what's the sense of making this doing these videos in this channel in this podcast and so. in my case i don't uh i won't be watching hockey because i don't have the time i have a NASCAR video from the Phoenix race that I'm PVRing right now. I've already PVRed the Formula One race from Brazil, which I haven't watched any of it yet. I have no idea who wins that. I know where they qualified because I watched yesterday's qualifying. So I have I have a lot of work to do myself before I even get to hockey. Yeah, you do. So, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, what's going on in NASCAR anyway? They're down to the final four. I was, was going to say that. I know they're close. They're working their way to the final four. Uh, Kevin Harvick is is doing well, and Kyle Busch is doing well. There's a few drivers that are still in the hunt. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, it's narrowed down to those two or three or four guys. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we, like I said, this is going to be a bit of a shorter podcast. That we do, I do apologize for that. But it might en- might end up not being shorter. Oh, you got some stuff, do you? Well, I don't know. Sometimes we we get talking and things just so don't don't oversell the shortness of it. You All might, right, you might get people's hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is just some game recaps over the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday night. I know you didn't watch this game, but Columbus played Washington. We right. spoke about this earlier. I was telling you about the game. Yeah, didn't see it, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Last year they played in the playoffs. They went to six games, I believe it was. And this was like the seventh game. If you've watched, if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. Bobrovsky was unbelievable. If you haven't, if you didn't watch the game, if you haven't watched the highlights, go onto NHL.com. Go to that uh, Friday night, oh, the Friday night scores. Click on the Columbus Washington game and click on videos and watch the game recap. It, it was awesome, awesome, awesome game. One of the best games I've watched this year. Yeah. As far as Saturday goes, which was yesterday, we're filming this on a Sunday, so yesterday's games was quite a bit. Uh, so we're just going to go through these game by game, just give a quick quick game recap. So Vancouver played Buffalo, and that was a very interesting game because Vancouver was out to a bit of a lead, I believe 3-1, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? It was a 3-1. I think it was 3-1. 3-1, yeah. And Buffalo came back, ended up winning 4-3. They showed resiliency for the first time from a Buffalo team in, I don't know, 12, 13 years, which is crazy to say, but they're exactly the Buffalo team that we want them to be. It's awesome. I love seeing that. So I'm pretty hyped on Buffalo right now. (laughs) Chicago played Philadelphia. Philadelphia won 4-0. Elliott was great with a shutout. 
Uh, did you know that that was the Flyers' 15th consecutive win over Chicago at home? I had no idea. Yeah. I did not know that. They said that at the end of the game. And I was like, what? what? That's kind of weird because they really? played each other in the playoffs. Hmm. And in like 2010, and I'm like, oh, wait, that was eight years ago. More than 15 <laughs> home games away. Like, <laughs> that seems like yesterday to me. But yeah. Well, they play they twi- twice a year. Twice a year. So only one home game a year for each one. Oh, so I guess it would have gone back to 2010. Hmm. Maybe. Like, the schedule's changed a few times. There's there's a few occasions. I guess, no, it's a, it'd always be an east-west situation yeah. there. So only one game in each town. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nashville played Dallas. I'm not sure if you watched any of that game, um, but it was it was pretty it was a pretty cool game because it was Spetz's thousandth game. They gave him a stick and a Rolex and something else. I can't like gave him a bunch of stuff. Wow, a bunch of valuable stuff. Cool. Uh, Nashville won five to four, and Dallas was leading that game with less than 60 seconds to go in the third period <laughs> and flew it. Unfortunate, very unfortunate. Toronto played Boston. Boston Boston won 5-1. Pasternak with a hat trick, and Halak was great, ending Toronto's winning streak on the road this so far this season. They were undefeated on the road until, the, until that game. Wow. So, uh, could blame it a little bit on Toronto goaltending, if you'd like. They had Sparks in that instead of Anderson. Not sure if that played a factor. I don't think it really did. He Sparks made some pretty good saves, but, but I think Boston just played a really good game. I think so. They were, Toronto was all over them at the beginning of the game, but they outshot Boston twenty to yeah. six or something in the first yeah. period. They were swarming them crazy, but uh, Boston held on and did very well, and then of course took took the game over after that. So mm. yep. the next game, I know you're go- going to want to talk about because uh-huh. it's the Montreal Vegas Golden Knights game. Montreal oh, did won they play last night? Five four. <laughs> uh, both teams incredibly inconsistent throughout the game. Vegas dominated the first period. Montreal dominated the second period, and Vegas pretty much dominated the third. I don't know how Montreal won. Uh, if it wasn't for Niemi, Vegas would have won that game 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a pretty special game because it was Pacioretty's return, and so they did a little bit of a tribute for him. They did. Pacioretty had more shots than the in, in the first period than the entire Montreal Canadiens team. <laughs> Montreal in the first period had four shots on goal. It was terrible. And Pacioretty had like seven himself yeah. or something like that. It was crazy. It was crazy. Niemi was... Uh, he made some great saves. ...was outstanding. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a very, very uh, nail-biter of a game. Montreal would not have won this game last year. Oh, absolutely not. Not a chance. And I don't think they would have won the game this year with Carey Price in that. And I hate saying that, but I think it's true. We'll talk a little bit about Carey Price later. I've got some stats for you. All right. If you want to... Break that but down. But Niemi played very, very well. He was uh, he, he was some, exceptional. He made some great saves, some good like positional saves. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily known as the best positional goalie, but he was pretty stellar last night. Yeah. Even though he led him four goals, which doesn't really look that good, but he did make some big saves. And and there were d- defensive breakdowns. Oh, uh, big time. Big time. Petrie L- and... Uh, and Jordy uh, Ben and Jordy Ben. They, L- they lots had some, of puck watching. Yeah, a lot of puck watching, a lot of giveaways. Las, Las Vegas did to Montreal what Montreal so far this season has been able to do to most of the other teams they've played where they dominate the neutral zone oh, and yeah. they turn the puck back in in the other team zone very quickly. Uh, Montreal was the victim of that kind of play last night. They found a way to still win somehow, but yeah. uh, it was quite a lesson. Vegas had scouted Montreal. You could tell that Claude Julien watched a lot of video before that game happened because he knew how to play Montreal and they almost won. 100% <clears throat> Vegas scouted Montreal for that oh, game. Oh, yeah. They dominated the neutral zone in that game. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Ottawa played Tampa Bay. Ottawa won 6-4. to four. Tampa Bay was up 4-2 in this game at one point. What's with that? And, and Ottawa came back showing some resiliency and some chemistry. Mm-hmm. There were some very crisp, confident passes in that game that led to goals. So that's pretty awesome to see from Ottawa. Florida played the Islanders. Florida won 4-2. Barzal with a very impressive breakaway goal. I'm not sure if you saw that or not. Uh, I don't think I did, no. Nelson also got a very nice goal Mm -hmm. uh, on the opposite end. You should watch the highlights if you can, uh, if you haven't seen any any from that game. Right. Pittsburgh played Arizona. Pittsburgh won 4 nothing. Did you see the Crosby backhand goal? Did I ever? Oh, my God. He's he's in, uh, he is something else. He, he does really it, like, is. He does that same goal. Or that's, he takes that same backhand shot like once every ten games, and yeah. it always works. It always <laughs> works. And there's no room. There's no way that puck goes in the net. No, I, that's there's what no I way. Get. But then the puck goes in the net. It's like <laughs> I don't understand. It's like there's a hole in the side of it, just the other side of the post or something. Yeah. And, and it was it was unbelievable. That was an impressive game, bounce back game for Pittsburgh because they had been on a five game losing streak. Yes. Now, uh, the place I suppose you're going to expect to break your losing streak maybe is in a place like Phoenix or Glendale uh, to play the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, But some teams would expect that they're going to dominate a game like that and then ended up losing. Mm. So Pittsburgh clearly had their mind made up. They were going to turn the corner here, and they Mm. did. And it was close at the beginning of that game. I think it was still 0-0 after one. Yeah, scored us in the first period. Pittsburgh opened up in the second, got three goals. Yeah. Yeah. Casey DeSmith was awesome as well. He made 39 saves. Yeah. 39 safe shadow. He's having an awesome season. We'll talk a little bit about his numbers later. Mm-hmm. The next game was the Detroit-Carolina game. Detroit won 4-3. Uh, Darling with probably... Did you Wait, oh, first I'll ask you. Did you see the saves he made? No. Darling made saves of the year back-to-back within four seconds of each other. Wow. I wish... Oh, man, I wish you had a saw before we, we talked about it or before I talked about it. It's, it's incredible. I'll show you whenever this podcast is over. It was... It was amazing. Hmm. Uh, the Rangers played the, the Blue Jackets. The Rangers won 5-4. Did you see that Corposalo broke his stick after the shootout loss? No. He, they <laughs> lost, and he just turned around and just destroyed his stick on the, on the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Robin Leonard did that a couple of times one season. It reminded me of that. But good. I always like to see that. I like to see some emotion like that. He only, Columbus had, uh, or sorry, the, the Rangers had hardly any shots in that game because Corpusalo made 15 saves. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have had, what, uh, 20 shots. Mm. Well, 19 probably, not counting the shootouts. So, yeah, that's bad. The last game, the Calgary versus Los Angeles game, Calgary won one nothing, And again, David Riddick continues to play amazing. I watched that game. I didn't watch a single second because I was in La La Land, so tell me about it. <laughs> it was outstanding. Uh, Hamannick scored, I think, two, two and a half minutes into the game to start it off, and that was one nothing Calgary, and that's how the game ended. <laughs> the, the rest of it was end-to-end. There was great saves, great plays. It was really, really something. Uh, it was very feisty because mm-hmm. when the Calgary and L.A. have been playing lately, there's been some feistiness. Oh, yes. Uh, Muzzin and uh, forget who else for L.A. took some liberties. There's a... You know, you get this, the same crap that happens. So you get a legal check, and then after oh, yeah. the legal check, the person who delivered that totally legal check gets attacked by a goon from the other team. And that's got to stop. The referees let that go basically all game long. Near the end, maybe t- seven or eight minutes left in the third, after one of these snow jobs, I think one of the Calgary players snowed the snowed the goalie for, uh, for L.A., snowed uh, Campbell. And... 
there was some pushing and shoving afterwards. And the referee finally, he had warned them, but he took one guy. He took the L.A. guy who reacted. They need to start doing that more often. They need to. And they need to do it earlier in the game because that that had the prospect of getting really ugly. Uh, there was lots of, um, at no point did the gloves come off, mm. but there was lots of like stinky fingers in the face and stinky fingers, you know, face washes and all that. Because uh, <laughs> uh, imagine of all the pieces of hockey equipment, the glove is up there amongst the worst smelling stuff, right? If we could get some hashtag stinky fingers in the comments, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, it was a little out of hand. Now the players themselves probably would like to police that, but uh, it's the referees needed to step up there. But uh, did you see what Luchas did? I did just a real quick clip of it. That was, was it? brutal, brutal. I thought that was really strange. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I, I don't know. Like, obviously he wanted to get some payback and stuff for what was it? I think it was Joseph what he did to one of his players. But you can't headhunt around like that and completely ignore the play whatsoever to a player who genuinely is trying to follow the play and like isn't like you can't do that. No. Like, I think that's, to be honest, I think it's suspension worthy. I, I agree. Because that's not part of the game. I agree. Like that's, that goes right up there with attempt to injure. You're, yes. you're, you're hunting someone down. You're ranging around in the ice, finding your opportunity to, to hurt someone as much as possible. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly what happened. The proper way to do that is to still follow him, shadow him. There's nothing wrong with shadowing a player. Oh, no. Wait until he gets the puck and then deliver a massive clean hit. Yeah. That, that's, that's what you that's do. That's the perfect payback. Yeah. Yeah. Don't put your team at a disadvantage by taking a penalty and potentially a suspension by going around and, like, just, that's just silly, in my and opinion. I feel bad because I generally like Lucic. Like, he's not a Marshan type of, like, wacky guy who goes off as much. He, but but this was a bad example of, of, of Marshandism. He cares um, a lot about his team. His he teammates. really, really does. And I like that quality. I would love to have him on my team still. Mm-hmm. Even even with this, but he's really got to control himself. He takes a lot of responsibility of that role, mm-hmm. uh, especially on Edmonton with McDavid and stuff. He's he has to play that type of role. He just went a little bit too far just, this yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. As far as today's games go, and today as in Sunday, Minnesota plays St. Louis. To me, this is the game to watch. It's a division matchup. Both of these teams are in uh, competitive situations this year. And specifically right now during this time of year, it's going to be an awesome game. I can't wait to watch it. It's probably going on. It's no, it's underway. going on, It's going on right now. It's underway as we're talking so during I, the second period. As soon as we're done this, I want to go rewind yeah. that and watch it. Blues won nothing in the second right now. I don't spoil it. With, <laughs> why would you spoil it? I'll give you an update later before we're done. No, I don't want an update. Why would you do that? <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. I thought you'd turn, you're not going to tune it in live. You're going to start at the beginning? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ottawa plays Florida. Mm-hmm. Arizona plays Washington. Uh, New Jersey plays Winnipeg. The Golden Knights play Boston, which In should Boston. be a pretty good game, actually. Yeah, it should be. And, of course, Las Vegas might be a little tired after last night's yes. game in Montreal. Yep. So Boston might have easy pickings here. If I agree. If they're careful. Because mm. Boston, they played last night, too, but I think they had an easier ride of Toronto. So. Mm. Uh, Calgary plays San Jose. That's going to be a really, really good game. Mm-hmm. And Colorado plays Edmonton. So those are all the games for today. Now I want to give some shout-outs. Not really a segment I've done before, but I think it's I think it's worthy because there's some stuff going on this week that you don't know about that I want to let you know about and let other people know about. Well, you might know about one of them, but right. the first shout-out I want to do 
is for Ryan. Ryan's been supporting us on Patreon for, for quite a while. Uh, we've done a personal video for Ryan on Patreon. And uh, he just had major ear surgery. Oh. And he's recovering. So I just want Ryan, if you're listening, shout out to you, buddy. Hope you recover well. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're getting lots of rest. And I hope it was successful and everything works out for you. Cool. Um, so just, just get lots of rest and stick in there. Go, Ryan. The next round of shout outs I want to give are to T Park, Mika, and Joey, who are meeting up in Texas, in Dallas, at literally as we're speaking. No kidding. They're pick, they're, T Park is picking up. I think Mika first, and they're going to wait around for Joey or the other way around or whatever. And uh, So where are they all from? T-Park's from there. Mika sounds uh, Finnish. He's from Finland. Okay. And, and Joey, Joey is... lives in Maine. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so they're meeting up there, and they're going to spend the entire week together, and they're going to see a game, Dallas versus Boston, on, I think it's Friday, this coming Friday. And that's Joey's so team, isn't it? That's Joey's team. He's going to wear a Boston jersey <laughs> to the, oh, the game. So That's great. Uh, if, you're, if you plan on watching a game on Friday try and make it the Dallas-Boston game and then you'll know there's some fellow postable subscribers in that game. And if you see a guy in the stands with a Boston jersey, yeah, that could be. That could be. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, T-Park and you boys, if you if you end up listening to this podcast or watching it before you go, um, try and get on camera. Try and do something crazy and get on camera. And definitely do an intro. And definitely do an intro. If, oh, yeah. if there's no intro... You're dead to me. <laughs> uh, we have another post to post subscriber and Patreon member traveling as well, Brittany, who you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. She's traveling to San Jose next Saturday for a game. Oh, wow. Going behind enemy lines and seeing her St. Louis Blues take on the, the San Jose Sharks. So that wow. should be pretty good. I've told Brittany a thousand times to do an intro for me, and she never does. She's a little shy, I think. So I'm going to say it again, Brittany, if you're listening or watching. We need an intro from you. Make it happen, especially in San Jose, because you know it's my second favorite team. <laughs> uh, and speaking of intro videos, I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who's been sending in intro videos. Uh, I don't have time to re- reply to all the emails and stuff, but I- I've read them all. I downloaded your video. They're just sitting there waiting to go into regular post-to-post videos. So cool. I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who's sent in an intro video. Uh, if you're new and you don't know what that is, uh, you just film yourself. Say you go to... I don't know, you go to a Calgary-Edmonton game and you're outside of the arena and you say, hey, it's Neil, I'm here at uh, Rogers Place or whatever it's called. And Is it Rogers Place or is it Rogers Center? I get them all mixed. Yeah, uh, Rogers Place is... Put me on the spot. Yeah, anyway. I, it's Neil here. I'm here to see a game, Calgary versus Edmonton. And uh, I don't know, it's my first ever Calgary-Edmonton game and you're watching post to Just something like that, like whatever. And I'll use that in the video for the channel. So there's been... I think eight or nine in the past couple of weeks. So you guys have really been doing some good work for for us there, and uh, it's it's a fun thing to do to give back to you guys a little bit to show off uh, your jerseys and your your support of your team if you're if you're there at, at the arena. I think it's pretty cool for for us to see that and other viewers as well. So we really really enjoy doing that. So you can email any of those if you'd like to make any to post a post show at gmail.com. The link is in details are in the description. And you remember Stevo. Sure do. I know you know who Steve-O is. And sure everyone do. who watches Post to Post knows who's, who Steve-O is. He continues to travel around North America to games. He just sent me uh, an intro from, I think it was the New Jersey Winnipeg game that's going on today. He sent me a, an intro video already from that. I think I have like 11 unused <laughs> Steve-O videos that I still have not used. And I think he's probably already been in like 15. Oh, yeah. He's he's, he's, he's ubiquitous. Yeah, he's say. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's all I got for show notes right now. That's great. And the next segment 
if you want to call it that, I'd like to do is the viewer questions. Now, we did this two podcasts ago, and I forgot to do it the last podcast. Uh, it was over in Fredericton filming with Jason, and uh, we we had a lot of other stuff we wanted to talk about, so I, I half forgot about it, half left it off on purpose a little bit. So Before I, before we go any further, yeah. I, I've got to say that you had, you and Jason did a great job last week. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and you guys have such great chemistry, and I... I know we talked about this off camera, but we have fiber up here. He has fiber up there. We have the best possible internet linkage that we could develop between his house and, and the broadcast center here in our house. Um, is there any way you guys can collab on a podcast like you and I do, but you and him instead, because he's way better than I am. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Was, like he knows so much about the business of hockey. And I find that fascinating. I would, I would be your biggest fan if you and Jason did podcasts. It's not, it's not like up. he's better than you or you're better than him. It's just different dynamic. That's all. Well, yeah, but he's, he's far more interesting than I am. I'll uh, put it that way. You guys are both equally as interesting. You're both goats. He just doesn't have the title as goat. <laughs> uh, we'll try and make it work, but the delay is the biggest issue. But um, There's got to be a way to overcome that. Uh, we could probably do it without a delay if we didn't have video. If we mm -hmm. just had audio. We'll just Photoshop a picture of his face in between us maybe or something like that and you and can join. That might, that might work fine. That would be great. Mm -hmm. It would be great to have him included. I agree. At least as a third man and maybe even the main second man. The main and, I, and I could be the third man. The, you could be the third man? I could be the third man. Third man in. <laughs> Uh, anyway, there should be a segment called third man in. That'd be great. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So we got some viewer questions. One of the questions was, uh, supposed to be for the last week's podcast. That's going to be the third video that we watched. That's from Mika. So he hit the context in his video is, doesn't really make sense. Cause it's, it's in this podcast instead of the last, you'll understand when you see it. But anyways, there's four viewer questions. If you'd like to send in your own viewer question, all you need to do is film yourself and uh, email it to postapostshow at gmail.com. That's just me setting up the sound. <laughs> yeah. And um, you can also drop, if you upload it to Dropbox and send me the link, that's definitely the best way to do it uh, because some people have sent me questions that have been on Google Drive and I don't have access. And so just Dropbox me the link. Anyway, our first question comes from Gage. So if you want to queue that up, that'll be awesome. Okay, here we go. Hey guys, it's Gage from Dallas, Go Stars. I actually got a pretty in-depth question for you today. I was wondering on you guys' thoughts about why Western Conference teams seem to be struggling a little bit in the Eastern Conference. I'm filming this on Sunday night as Dallas have just lost to Detroit 4-2. They also lost to Ottawa a while back. They lost to Toronto. I'm curious as to um, whether you guys think it's it's due to the style of play. So like the East is more of a skill game versus the physical play we see in the West or does it have some other X factor? Is it a problem that only Dallas seems to be facing? Uh, so yeah, I'm just curious on you guys' thoughts on that. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you so much for that question, Gage. Uh, very well put uh, and an interesting topic because I think we probably discussed something similar to this in the past. I remember having a discussion about mostly around geography or how the teams were geographically laid out. All the, the East teams are so aligned in basically two time zones or one time zone or whatever and then the west is so spread out as far as distance and stuff their travel times are so much so when they have to travel and and for any game it's more than the average travel time for an east team so when a west team has to come all the way to the east i think they're suffering a little bit more from that jet lag versus an east team out to go west if that makes any sense it probably doesn't but that's how i view it a little bit uh, i don't think dallas is 
is the only one struggling. I think Vegas has struggled a little bit. There's been some other teams as well. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it happens year to year. I remember East teams really struggling against West teams. I think it was two or three years ago. So I'm not sure if my logic of travel times really makes sense for that. It's maybe just a fluke kind of thing, or it seems like a trend, but just the way it goes sometimes. But uh, I'm not sure. What's your opinion? Well, I think I think Gage is onto it. I, I think he's onto it in his question, and I don't. I guess you could say it's size versus skill, but I I think there's a lot of skill in the West, so I don't want to totally adopt that the East has better skill. That's why they're doing better. Mm. I don't think it's just Dallas for one thing. I think it's uh, a lot of the teams. We've had such a small sample size so far this year. It'll take at least another probably twenty or thirty games before we have a good statistical yeah. basis for making any assumption, but the Eastern teams are doing better against the West than I thought they would so far. Now that bodes well for our, our team. Montreal is doing a Western swing road trip coming up this coming week, and we'll see how how Montreal does out West when they play Calgary, Edmonton, and so on. But uh, the the speed that, that hockey is becoming, smaller players, faster players, we're seeing it with Montreal now, uh, but with Vegas, you know, they're playing that style of hockey, really. They're, they're, they're big guys there as well, but they're playing more of a speed game. Yeah. And they thrived in the West last year. And they're doing well, relatively well so far this year. Not as well as, not the great start they had last year, but they're still definitely a team to worry about and be rec- and reckoned with. It might just be a wave of change in the NHL that's starting in the East and moving to the West. Start, I think you're right. Starting with Vegas. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. And and some of the players, we see, for instance, players that co- that play in the East and then go to the West. Your Pacioretty's, uh, your Dion Phaneuf's, people like that, that Kyle, go Kyle. to the West, they don't do as well when they get there. Kyle Turris. Kyle Turris. And they're still every bit the good player that they were when they were in the East, but they're playing more games against a different style of hockey Yep. That's bigger, and so it's it's it can't be the individual players. <laughs> so it's really hard to to point to what one thing it is. But I think it's in the basis of Gage's question. Mm. I think it's a bigger, more physical game in the West that has dominated the NHL for a long time. Uh, th- all, all other things being equal, notwithstanding the fact that Pittsburgh, a team from the East, wins Stanley Cups uh, mm-hmm. fairly regularly. And of course, they do that with big bodies. Though they've got Malkin and they got Crosby and they got some, you know, big dudes uh, on Pittsburgh. So they might be more of a compatible team to play against Western teams. Uh, but I do think that uh, smaller, faster teams—the Buffaloes, the Montreals, Carolina, Carolina, uh, Florida to some extent, yeah, Toronto now, Toronto especially—very uh, offensive-minded, a little less on defense. The West has such great defensive pairings: Nashville, L.A., Anaheim. They've yeah. got great. San back Jose. ends, San Jose, great back ends, way better than most of what you'd see in the East. But in the East, you've got these massive offensive lines. You've got Boston's uh, Bergeron line. You've got Toronto. Yeah. Uh, they're just fantastic. Even the Islanders, they have Anders Lee and people like that. Uh, they're just lights out. And the West has more of a defensive. East has more of an offensive. And right now, it looks like the East is... You know, all the teams in the East have have higher on average point totals, win percentage, and all of that, but they're playing easier teams to play against too. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's really really hard. It's I almost wish like 
this switches to baseball here really quickly, but back when I started becoming a baseball fan in the late 60s, when Montreal joined the team as an expansion franchise right. in 60, or joined the league as an expansion franchise in 1969, the only time the National and American Leagues played each other was in the All-Star Game and the World Series. There was no interleague games at all, never. And that came up oh, in the last 15 or 20 years. They started playing games where the... There was all these rivalries they're trying to take advantage of. The Mets never played the Yankees, but now they do. Yeah. And the Red Sox never played the Mets, but they could now because of the the, the ability to cross over. The Blue Jays and the Expos would never play each other, for instance, because they were in different leagues. But they could now if they both still existed. Montreal doesn't anymore. But um, I think in a way that takes a bit away from the game. Like when I would be okay if we did what the NFL does, if we had conferences that spanned the entire continent, but the teams didn't necessarily play each other. Like you had the NFC and the AFC, for instance. So you never want to see Montreal play LA? Well, not necessarily that. Maybe Montreal and LA would be in the same conference. So Montreal would play LA four times a year, but they'd never play San Jose. So... (laughs) Have more games between... Like half the teams, instead of dividing them down the Mississippi River, you would divide them into two conferences that would actually both span the continent. Kind of like how the Blue Jays share the same division or whatever with the Texas Rangers. Yeah, exactly. But they're not even close to each other. They're not even close to each other. Yet on the other hand, the New York Mets uh, don't play the Blue Jays unless it's one of those weirdo interleague exactly, games. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think that I don't that doesn't solve anything, and that doesn't really respond to Gage's question, but... Uh, I think we don't have a really good measure of, of who who can beat who. We see this every night where Ottawa will beat Montreal and then Montreal will thump uh, Detroit and then Detroit will thump Ottawa. Oh, yeah. Like it, that doesn't make <laughs> any sense. It shouldn't, shouldn't happen. Every, no. Everything else being equal, the teams that get beat by teams should not be able to beat the teams that beat those teams. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Buffalo beat yeah. uh, Ottawa 9-2. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple of days later, Ottawa beat Tampa Bay, which is one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't make sense. It's, no. And it happens all the time. It does. It's, it's strange. Yeah. I just tried to do a quick research of stats of teams versus the other conference. And I can't find anything right now that, uh, that jumps out at me to see if we have a statistical number I could call on to help respond better to Gage's mm-hmm. question. But... I don't see it right now. That there are stats out there that you know Montreal or Toronto versus Western teams versus Eastern teams. I don't know if there's an overall stat of Eastern Conference teams versus Western <laughs> Conference. I'm teams. sure there is somewhere. But Th- there is. It's just hard for me yeah. to find it on no notice. It was a good question. It's a great question. Good question, Gage. And it's a question that will continue to be valid, probably until February. Yeah. Until we I figure g- out I agree. if there's a real answer to that. Yeah. yeah. Our next question comes from Liam. So let's take a look at that. Okay, here we go, Liam. Hey, guys. Happy Halloween. My name is Liam O'Brien. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. And my question is if you guys can do videos on, on the best hockey brawls of all time, maybe some of the best rivalries, stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, if, you, if you get this and put it in the video, thank you so much. Okay, see ya. Bye. All right, thank you so much, Liam, for your question. Uh, we have done... A video on rivalries before I think probably about a year and seven months ago I think we did mm-hmm. uh, I don't think you were a part of that video but on the channel there's a video about rivalries 
as far as hockey brawls, was that the first part of the question? Yes. That's very difficult for us to, I mean, we can talk about it a little bit. And there's one that comes to my mind when Mike Milbury hits a fan in the head with his shoe. Uh, but other than that, we can't show any footage. So that's the hard part, right? So that that's the talking about a hockey brawl without being able to show the brawl. Yeah, is it's it just loses so much impact. Yeah, for, for so for copyright issues, if you don't know, yeah, we can't that's, show that's footage. Why. So yeah, the that's NHL the reason, broadcasting yeah. rights they own the brawl, so we can't. Uh, notwithstanding the fact that yes, there's hundreds of other YouTubers out there, you can go on and. YouTube search hockey brawls and find all kinds of them and whatever they're doing to, uh, you know, they've probably got copyright strikes on them. They're certainly not monetizing it or anything like that. Yeah. So they must not care about that, but we have to care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, that's the only reason I've, I've seen some, you know, some of my favorites were the Colorado Detroit, you know, goalie on goalie and oh, all that yes. kind of stuff. They were great, <laughs> great brawls. But if you go back far enough, you know, Back when I was a kid, John Ferguson versus Eddie Shack, Montreal, Toronto, and the, the blood's just flying everywhere. Just love that stuff, right? There was brawls so big that they had to shut the lights off. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can't remember what game that was, but I remember seeing footage of that. That's uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right, next question comes from Mika. Mika, here we go, Mika. Hello, Post to Post, and happy November. Uh, I know this week's podcast is from an undisclosed secret location, uh, bad cave or perhaps the Pentagon, but still uh, I decided to ask you guys opinion on the newest uh, Montreal Canadiens players on this new and young season so far, and especially Joel Armia, how well has he played on your opinion and is his role uh, the right role for the team thanks and give it up all right thanks Mickey, for that question i really appreciate that you're hitting home with our favorite team here so uh an easy topic for us to talk about and you, you specifically mentioned joel armia and uh, it's well be- done. Nicely be- done. because of you, we have a little tradition where every time he touches the puck and the announcer says Armia, Armia. he calls him Armia. Neil and I both go Armia. <laughs> so uh, anyways, yeah, I really think he's fitting in so well with the Canadians. I don't know if you agree. Just agree. Totally, we- totally agree. He's injured right now. He is, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. And this just happened probably after Mika filmed his question. Uh, can't wait to have him back. He's 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 incredible. Yeah, incredible. I got to see him play live last year mm-hmm. as a Jet against the Golden Knights, and he was probably my favorite player on the ice for the Jets. And uh, so when I heard that he was traded to Montreal, I was so happy. So yeah, I'm really really pleased that he's uh, really melding and gelling with the uh, with the Canadians lineup. Mm-hmm. Some of the other players he mentioned, like some of the new players, he only mentioned. Armia, but Ar- Armia. some of the other new players are Max Domi. Max Domi is having an incredible year. He's got nine goals and 12 assists, I think. He's in the top 10 points in the league, which is ridiculous. I think he's, maybe he's the 11th or something like that, but he's close to in the top 10. Uh, Tomas Tatar has fit in so well in Montreal. I love watching him play. I don't know how you feel about him, but... Uh, Tatar is amazing. He is. He's just amazing. And he got the winning goal last night against Vegas. Yeah 
which was his former team, they they said they didn't play him much in the playoffs. He only played maybe three or four games in yeah. the whole playoffs. And then they let him go to Montreal for Pacioretty. And everybody at the time would have thought, well, Montreal is just getting sloppy seconds here. Uh, he's turned out to be by far a more valuable contributor than Pacioretty has been in Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he's so happy every time he's on the ice and something good happens or on the bench or whatever. I think he's really enjoying his time just as a person in Montreal. So that's that's pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. The other player is uh, Kotkaniemi. I can never say that name. Yes, better Kotkaniemi. I'm going to say Kanemi. No, no. <laughs> I can't say but it. You can say anti-Niemi. You can say Niemi. Yeah. You can say Niemi. Kotka. Kotka Niemi. Perfect. Yeah, but... You, you just got it. But then it goes away. But but it, it doesn't have to. It can stay there. It's going to be... It's the new Mika Zibanejad. <laughs> I couldn't never say that name before. <laughs> now, this year, it's Yasperi Kotka Niemi. You just did it right. Yeah, but then it'll go away. I'm, I'm in the zone <laughs> right now, but it'll go away. <laughs> he, he is fabulous. He is. He's great. He is an artist. He's got... He's got the same kind of finesse that Kovalev had, you know. The That's a good comparison. Behind the, and he's not a body size and all that. He's a bandy-legged skinny guy and he's really tall and he's not even grown into his body yet. He's only 18. Yeah. But he has like the behind the back stuff and, and the creative, Domi's a bit like this too. And Domi's a little shorter and squatter so he can pull it off a little better. He's, he's more compact. Mm. But Kakanyemi can do things passing the puck off the boards and going around people and getting the puck back and just making very smart plays and anticipating which way someone's going to go and he'll go the other way. He's fabulous. He's, I'm so excited. He's fast too. Yeah. yeah. I, I love watching him play. And we have now, and I don't know if uh, if Mika sees these things, but uh, on the night that, that they all did so well, we had Kotkaniemi, we had Armia, and we had uh, Lekanen all playing very, very well in a given game. Yeah. And they were coming up in the after after game show on TSN 690, the sports channel. What do you want to name this line? And of course, the obvious name is the finish line, mm-hmm. right? But there were some other very creative names because they were playing so well together. And they speak and finish on the ice. Good. So the other players, even their own players, but if they're all, all three forwards and they're deciding what they're going to do at the, just before a face-off, yeah. no one else has a clue what they're going to do. Unless it's, someone on the other team speaks Finnish. Exactly, and there are not too many of those. <laughs> yeah. So it's awesome. It's just awesome. What were some of the other names? What? You mentioned what? You said there was a couple oh. other names for the line. Uh, the, the one I liked the best was, um, was it Finn de Monde? Which is the end of the world oh. <laughs> for other teams, right? Finn de Monde, which would be French. Um, yeah, there were a few, I can't bring them up to mind right now, but they were just viewers or listeners calling in with these names and they played some of them on the air the next morning after the game. It was really good. Hmm. Yeah. But I'm very, very impressed with Kakanyemi, especially Armi as well. He's got, uh, he, he's just, you know, his plus minus is at a zero. He's, he's not a liability at all to Mm -hmm. the team. And if you can be a zero or a positive, that's all that we want, especially this time of year. He's got four goals, I think, or three goals and four assists. So he's producing a point every second game, roughly, and he's been out now for a couple. But uh, he's he's very, very badly missed, and hopefully he's back real soon. Yeah, uh, Armia is a very good positional player, I think is a yeah. probably a good way very to Very responsible. It. Yeah, responsible. Yeah. And uh, uh, we have uh, the other guy, David Schlemko, who just came back. Uh, yesterday was his first game back with Montreal. Yeah. He was injured in the preseason, so hasn't really played much yet. And he had a f- several games of conditioning down with the Laval Rocket and, right. and thrived down there until it was time to bring him up. So they brought him up and he was, uh, he contributed uh, mm. last night quite nicely. Uh, he's he's quite responsible too for a young player. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the next question comes from Nick, and it's about the Chicago Blackhawks. Alrighty, here we go, Nick. Hey, Neil and Brett. My name is Nick. I did ask a question in your previous podcast where you were taking video questions. Um, and yes, I do collect hockey jerseys, mainly Blackhawk jerseys, as you can see there. That's about 40 Hawks jerseys all there. My question is about Coach Q's recent firing. What is was your thoughts once the firing went down? Because Blackhawk fans, including me, are all in the agreement that the wrong man was fired. It should have been Stan Bowman because Coach Q was not the one who brought in the players. It was Stan Bowman, and Bowman's made this roster to fail for Coach Q. And we all agree that Coach Q should have been, have had the better job security instead of Bowman. So what's your thoughts on this recent change of head coaches to a 33-year-old head coach that is um, younger than four players on the Blackhawks roster today? So thank you for taking my question. But most of all, for my behalf, let's go Hawks. All right. Thank you so much, Nick, for your question once again. Once again and I enjoy seeing those uh, jerseys behind you. So good on you for collecting those jerseys. Uh, I'm going to pass this over to you right away and uh, get your opinion because this is something that we haven't discussed. Yeah, it isn't. And uh, it just happened a couple of days ago. It's a very timely question. So we're very much on the cutting edge of breaking news here. I was shocked when I heard that. I thought it was so early in the season. Chicago is in last place where they are, but they've, they're at 15 points uh, out of 17 games. They're almost at 500 hockey. They've they've not been that bad, I didn't think. They've won some some games, and and they've I think they've they still got a lot to show. In fact, they got off to a pretty good start, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't they win? Yeah, it wasn't too bad of a start. Yeah, was, yeah. <clears throat> pardon me. So I'm 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 shocked that anybody got fired at this stage of the season. Quinville is, uh, you know, a really highly regarded coach. And uh, they were talking about his firing on in the uh, Hockey Night in Canada last night. And they said this is clearly just a break for him. He'll be back in the in the seat of oh, yeah. another team very soon. But he won't be cheap. Oh, no. He'll probably be the, most pay, the highest paid coach out there. They were thinking that uh, for another team to pick him up and then maybe sign him to another four years, it would cost between 15 and $20 million to have him as a head coach. And Mm -hmm. that's intense money. That's a lot of money. Age, like the the replacement, 33-year-old replacement, and I didn't catch the name, and I don't think I know the name, but uh, age does count for a lot, but don't tell that to Kyle Dubas in Toronto. And don't tell it to, (laughs) what's his face in Arizona? Yeah. Their GM. Yeah. I think he's like 28 or something like that, or 29. (laughs) Yeah. You can never remember his name. Yeah. So uh, I would would feel uh, comfortable being a Chicago Blackhawks fan and, and being a buddy of uh, Nick and all, all of the people that he talks to because I think, I don't think Quenneville should have been fired. I'm not sure Bowman should have been fired either, though, at this point. Uh, I think it's early, early days. But clearly, um, Chicago's best days with this roster are behind them, for sure. And uh, I don't know if that's a, just a cyclic thing that happens to all teams or whether you can point a finger at someone and say you screwed up. I don't know. Well, I completely disagree with you and Nick. Okay. No offense, Nick. <laughs> wow. Um, one over a year ago, I think maybe about a year and six months ago, I created a video on the channel 
about the Chicago Blackhawks after they got swept by Nashville. And uh, in that video, I was calling for Quinville to be fired. Not because I don't like Quinville, not because I don't think he's a good coach, but he's, he's been coaching the team for so long. Sometimes it's just time for a coach to move on just so you can get a new face in there, just so you can get a new structure in there, just so the players have an opportunity to feel like they're a part of a new team again, even if they have the same line mates and stuff. It's sometimes a coach can completely revitalize a team. And I saw that in Chicago a year and a half ago. I, I was I wanted it to happen then. I'm disappointed that it's taken them this long to do it. And hopefully, for their sake, it works out. So I, I did not want to see Stan Bowman get fired either because he built that team from scratch to be a Stanley Cup team. Like, he can do it again. And... I'm just not in the agreement that it was the incorrect decision to get rid of Quinville. I think it was the correct uh, decision. And I don't, again, it has nothing to do with Quinville being a bad coach or anything like that. He'll land somewhere else. He'll do great. It's completely due to the fact that I just want to see a new structure and a new face. That's it. Okay. I've done a little research while you've been ranting over there. Uh, Colleton is the new coach. So that's uh, that's their thirty-three-year-old coach, uh, but and I and I was right in my presumption. Chicago actually got off to a six-and-four start mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. They've since won or since lost seven games in a row, <laughs> <laughs> not counting the one they're going to play uh, tonight against Carolina, uh, in Carolina. Uh, so, yeah, seven games in a row. Maybe something does have to happen. Uh, now I don't know that same team went six and four for the first 10 games of the year. They did. So it's maybe not the talent on the team. It's maybe not Bowman's fault. I, maybe it is Glenville's fault. That's what I'm saying. Like it's sometimes you just need a new face and that's all it comes down to. It's not insulting or it's not like a yeah. negative thing. It's just, you, sometimes you just need a new face. Well, and we've seen that in other places where, remember the time that Ottawa, or sorry, New York and Vancouver basically traded coaches. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 happens. It it really does. It just happens. Yeah, Torts and Vigno just swapped <laughs> swapped yeah. offices and it kept on going. Yeah, every every team goes through this. Teams that are are good, uh, they'll they'll often change a coach uh, when they think it's time to do that. And and it's always it's always a good coach that finds another place. Look at Michelle Terrian. You know, he was let go from Pittsburgh. I think later that same year they won the cup. With the same talent, just with a different coach. Yeah. Um, Bilesma was in, I think, came in. Yeah, I think Bilesma did come in and yeah. won. Yeah, you're right. And then Terry Ann coached in Montreal for a while, and he wasn't lights out or anything, but he was a, that was his second stint in Montreal. Now he's been replaced with Julian, who got fired by Boston. Obviously, these people are okay. They're able to coach hockey. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. There's, there's coaching changes that happen because of chemistry. And you made a good point there, because Boston's a perfect example of this, because they were struggling under Julian mm-hmm. that season two years ago, and they brought in Bruce Cassidy. And they've Boston since that time mm-hmm. has been potentially the best team in the league, or one of the best teams in the league since that moment. Mm-hmm. They played such great hockey. So yeah, they have. Uh, I think it comes down to a new face. Sometimes the players just give up on a coach. Yep. And I, I can't imagine that should ever happen. But it does. I guess it does. In every sport. So it's not just hockey. It just, mm-hmm. it happens. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Good question, Nick. I hope you're not offended that I disagree with you, but uh, <laughs> I think I did it respectfully, hopefully. I hope so. I, and I I like Stan Bowman because he's Scotty Bowman's son, and I really like Scotty Bowman. He built, or he coached tremendous teams in the 70s in Montreal, and I've got a high regard for Scotty Bowman, and uh, 
I was hoping Stan would, would do do well. I like Brad Trilliving because he's Jim Trilliving's son. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Jim Trilliving. Yeah, I do too. He's, he's a nice he's, man. He's funny too. Yeah, I've met him, of course, as yes, you know. Yes, I know. You've told me the story 17 times 18. in an airport. Or yeah. You were behind Toronto, the line. It was the Pearson Airport. We yes. were side by side. Had a great conversation. Yes, I'm sure you did. And I'm sure he's not telling anyone that he met the goat. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, the last thing on my list is I just want to talk a little bit about goalies because there's been some, like if I look, if you look at the top 10 in save percentage, who do you think, like what kind of names would you expect to be in the top 10 in save percentage? On a year-to-year basis. On a year-to-year basis? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You're, like Lundquist. Oh, yeah. yeah Lundquist, Lundquist probably up there. Uh, Carey Price, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe Carey Price. Like Jonathan Quick. Quick, yeah. Mm-hmm. All the big, the yeah. big dogs. The, the big dogs. Uh, okay, so here's the top 10. <laughs> Pekka Rene is, in, is number one. Okay. 949. Pekka Rene? Pekka Rene. Yeah. Totally expect him to be there, so that's yep. that's fine. He's yep. played eight games. Casey DeSmith, 0.942 save percentage. He's played nine games. With Pittsburgh, that's a name you don't you don't expect to see. You don't up there. No. Number three, Halak, point nine four one, ten I games was, played. I was going to guess that. <laughs> I was because but he has been playing. Very he has well been, but that's not a name you on no. a year to year basis. You don't expect him to be there. No. Uh, Grice, point nine four zero, nine mm-hmm. games played. That's not a name I'd expect to see there on a year to year basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riddick, like I said earlier, have an amazing season. Point nine three five. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, Frederick Anderson, that's probably a. Uh, a goalie I'd, I'd expect to see there. He plays very well, very well for Toronto. Point nine three three. He's played fourteen games. Uh, I'm surprised he's that high though, because Toronto has such yeah. a back, weak back end that mm. uh, he'd, he'd have a lot of goals going by him that aren't his fault. He could, so he, he, they give up a lot of shots though. I so. guess that's the case. Yeah, yeah that you can get a high save percentage and still lose some games. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Devin Dubnik is on the list. Point nine three two. Twelve yeah. games played. All right. That's a name that I'd expect to see here. Sometimes and then two weeks or two months later I wouldn't, and then two weeks after that I would because he's so inconsistent. So, uh, Antti Ranta is an eighth point nine two nine with five games played. Mm-hmm. Gibson uh, nine point nine two eight with five games played. Vasilevsky point nine two seven with nine games played. So Ranta maybe I'd expect to see on here. Gibson I probably would. Vasilevsky I probably would. Mm-hmm. But no Lundqvist, no Quick, no Price, no Ben Bishop, no Ben Bishop, no. No uh, Luongo. No, <laughs> no Luongo, no Matt Murray, no mm. Crawford, no, yeah. Yeah, no Darling. No Jones, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we go to goals against average, I want to talk about the worst goals against average. Okay. I'm not going to name them all. I'm just going to name some names. Sure. Second overall in the league, Jake Allen. Oh, 9.3, or sorry, not 9.3, 3.99 okay. <laughs> goals against average. <laughs> uh, Cam Ward, 3.92 uh, goals against average. Bernier, 3.92. Matt mm-hmm. Murray, 3.87. Mm-hmm. Craig Anderson, 3.70. Mike Smith, 3.66. Braden Holby, 3.26. Carey Price, 3.07. Crawford, 3.07. Rask, 3.05. Talbot, 2.94. Hellebuck, 2.93. Bobrovsky, 2.90. These are massive names, and they're all in the bottom 17 of the of goals against average. Well, I don't feel so bad about being a Montreal fan. Because no. I thought Carey Price would be at the top of that list after losing four games in a row, or I think with four goals or more scored. They didn't lose them all, but but he's let in a lot of goals. <laughs> he's got a save, oh my God. save percentage is 0.896, I think. Something yeah, like he's that. down in the eights now. 
Uh, he's uh, he's making eighty four million dollars over the next eight years. I mm-hmm. uh, it's the worst. It's the worst thing if he continues to play like he is. Yeah. Because Montreal is toast. There's no way they can, like, they can't trade him because no one's going to want to pay $10 million a year mm-hmm. for a goalie that's underperforming for an average goaltender. Like, if at an average goaltender level, he's underperforming from them. Yeah. And I just, you can't retain the salary because then you're, if you're going to retain a salary, you're probably going to retain at least three or four million per year. And that's you're going to shoot yourself in the foot for the next eight years if you do that, because mm-hmm. you're still going to have to pay another goalie, which is probably going to be at like five or six, yeah. and then your backup goalie, which is probably going to be like two or three. Mm-hmm. So you're still spending the same amount of money for maybe better goaltending. So you can't. It's just oh, <laughs> frig. <laughs> How do you really feel? Yeah, it is frustrating. Anyway, but it's all with goalies. They're kind of like baseball pitchers or catchers. They're they're a special breed of people and what goes on in their heads. They were talking last night about the difference between some goalies and their pregame rituals. Some goalies, you can't even talk to them mm-hmm. on a game night. They won't talk. They won't. They have to go in a corner somewhere and meditate or whatever they do. <laughs> Other goalies, like Marc-Andre Fleury, he's loosey-goosey playing with the guys, doing a little soccer, you know, mm. f- f- you know, pranking people, bumping into them and stuff. And I wish all goalies were more like that yeah, because too. you could you could relate to them a little bit better. Yeah. You get these dark, gloomy guys that, that <laughs> you can't figure out what's going on in their head, and then they go into a, a funk. Carey Price is in a funk right now. He's been in a funk for the last two years. Well, really. But, but earlier in the season, he had a couple of games where he was tracking the puck well. He was perfect positioning. He was back. I thought he was back. And, and whatever they'd done, coaching philosophy whatever it was was working and then you see those last few games and it's like oh man yeah it's tough very tough mm-hmm. uh that's all i have to talk about oh i got some stuff you got some stuff i do all right what me. are we after time uh 58 minutes uh-huh. <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> last night i think you missed this but it was in the second intermission when they have the four panelists around the table the hot stove the hot stove elliot friedman was talking about a different playoff format oh is that uh, is this like theoretical or what he wants to see or is, this, is there discussions well it's a bit theoretical but there's discussions of some kind but apparently the, the discussions are being shot down by gary bettman of course they are <clears throat> but uh, elliot still thought it was important enough to mention it on the broadcast and then describe how it would work and i hadn't heard this one before and i loved it okay and in, this is it looks like the following you would still have your top three teams from each division finishing uh, and playing off themselves. Uh, so you have top six in each side. Now you have to decide who the last two are, your two wild card spots. Yep. Right now, the two wild card spots are just the next two teams in the conference that have the next highest points and tiebreakers. Yep. What Elliot suggested, and, and I don't know if it came from Elliot or he's just relaying it on from someone else's brain, that the six, their seventh and eighth place teams would actually play the ninth and tenth place teams in a best of three to see who becomes the wild card team. Would those so there would be a bit of a break between the end of the season and the playoffs for the top six? For the top six yeah. specifically, so we could watch the right kind of like the is an F, NFL does something like that, don't they? Yeah, they they well baseball games? even does have wild card playoff yeah. a wild card playoff just before the real playoffs. Yeah. And the beauty of this one, this system, and this is the part I hadn't heard before. I'd heard all that up to this point. The top team, the highest seeded team in those miniseries would have home ice advantage for all three games if necessary. Hmm. 
Interesting. So just think of the gate that they would get, right? There's great gate for that home team. Yeah. There would be good TV revenue. Yeah. Because you've got extra playoff games that you wouldn't have normally. Yeah. You've got the top six. The top six are actually uh, earning a bit of a buy as far as having some rest of a few days and getting ready for the playoffs. They might get a week off, let's say, till these other three games get played. Yeah. And then uh, when they're playing, like when, when the top team in each of the of the divisions, Tampa Bay, let's say, and Pittsburgh or Washington, they're going to play a team that's pretty beat up and, and have a better chance of actually beating that team. Or the other team will be raring to go and, and uh, they'll have had all kinds of practice. So mm. it would be very interesting. Now, apparently, Batman's not even wanting to entertain the idea of Of course, it. he's not a puppet. But, <laughs> but it's a great, I, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea, too. Of all the things I've heard, my, my st- still my preference is one versus eight, two versus seven. Yeah, me too. And that's, that's will always be that way. But if it can't be that, I would really like this. That's, that's, I think that's good for the game. Mm-hmm. As a viewer. Yeah. Probably not for the player, but for the viewer. Probably not. But for the home team, like you've got your 41 games of revenue in the regular season, and the top-seeded wildcard team might have another three nights of, of gate revenue there, plus TV revenue. Yeah. And then if you win those three games, or if you need all three to win, but even if you win the first two, then you go on, and then you've got at least another two home games in the first mm-hmm. round. So I think that's really really good anyway. the, Gary Bettman should be interested in that because it makes him more money yeah and it's all about the dollars right for yeah. Gary uh, he's done a great job at keeping the owners group happy with increasing revenues and he's increased the number of teams uh, the first time he handed out a Stanley Cup was to the Montreal Canadiens in 1993 and he's uh, he's grown the league from whatever it was at the time 22 teams or something then or 19 whatever it was now there's now there's 31, soon to be 32, and they're all doing well, really. Like with the exception of maybe Arizona and Florida, uh, they're all filling the filling their their arenas quite a bit. I give him zero credit. Okay. I think what happened with or without him. I'm not so sure. I I think you need a guy like him to. What's he do? I don't, I don't exactly. You around. can't even tell me what he does. Well, he doesn't how do would I know what he does? He gives I speeches. I don't know what the president of the NHL does. I don't know what the president of the United States does. He's a face. He gives speeches and he goes out in the ice and gets booed. Oh, I think he does a Stanley lot. I, I, think think so. I think he does a lot that you don't see. And I, think that, he's that just, I, don't see. I think he's just a face. I think there's people behind him making all the important decisions. I don't know. I'm not a fan of Gary Bettman. I think he should have been turfed as commissioner or president, whatever it is, 15 or 20 years ago. We're up on three lockouts. I know. Uh, so I, I don't like the league under his tenure. I think he has hurt Canadian hockey. I think that's my biggest complaint about him. Uh, the the Nordi- Nordiques moving to Colorado, Winnipeg moving to, to Arizona. Uh, I don't like how that was even allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's still not been fixed because they're still not playing hockey in Quebec yet. And uh, I think that's largely on his shoulders. And I I'm would be a long time for me to forgive on that. But anyway, I don't, I don't think that he's, if he was as bad as you think he is, he wouldn't have a job because there's 31 owners that would get rid of him because no, he works for them. He's good at his job because he makes the money. He's a scoundrel. <laughs> he's a, scoundrel. he's a shyster. <laughs> oh my God. Oh dear. Anyway, there are things we don't know about Gary Bettman. One of them, one of them I learned last night when he gave an interview 
when he and Willie O'Ree were on. Mm-hmm. You saw that. Yeah. He has a backyard rink at his cottage in Ver- or his summer Vermont, winter home yeah. in Vermont. Uh, he's not just a businessman who came from the NBA and doesn't really care about the game. I think he does care oh, about I think he game. cares about the game. I just think he's a weasel, and he cares more about money than anything else, yeah. including the game of hockey. Uh, but you could probably say that about uh, Eric Carlson, too. Could you? I don't know. Maybe you could. He went for the highest bidder, didn't he? I mean, I guess a little bit. Well, but so that can be a player. That can be a coach. That can be a team owner. Uh, that could be Harold. Uh, it certainly was Harold Bellard in the 70s. All he cared about was money. He put just enough hockey uh, on the ice to fill the Maple Leaf Gardens, even if the team wasn't good. I think that, no offense, but I think Eric Carlson's was a bad choice there because I think a lot of his, that, I think that scenario happened because of Eugene Melnick and not Eric Carlson. I think that. I think it was going to happen anyway. I think Eric Carlson just agreed to go there because it was a good team. Mm-hmm. But they could say that about Kovalchuk, definitely. Yeah, yes, you could say it about Kovalchuk. And Panarin, even, as much as I like Panarin, he's made it clear that uh, if they don't come up with uh, X amount of dollars before the end of this uh, yep. season, he's going to walk. Mm-hmm. And you could probably say it about Tavares. Although he did take a bit of a hometown discount with going to Toronto. yeah. But he still went for a lot of coin. Um, So I I guess my point really is that liking money is not a crime. You can like money and still contribute to the game at the same time. I think Sidney Crosby is the perfect example of someone who cares more about hockey than the game. Because he took a a major discount back in the day to get his contract at $8.7 million. mm Because he's also superstitious, so he needed that eighty-seven. But (laughs) still, he took a major discount. Yeah. And he helped his team because of it. And they won Stanley Cups because he took a discount because they had more money in the bank to get players. So, Okay, um, I'm going to run this by you. I think I've asked you this question before, but I don't know if it's been on, on the air. Sidney Crosby's favorite team growing up was? Montreal Canadiens. Do you think uh, it would be a good idea if Montreal were to court Sidney Crosby the next time it was contract renewal and said, look, why why uh, stay away from us? Why don't you finish your career as a Canadian, the team you've loved since being a boy, and uh, help us win a cup? I would love to see that courting in action. Yeah. I would swoon. Would you swoon? Yeah. Uh, and if he said yes, would you be happy with that? Oh, definitely. And you'd be willing to pay what it would cost to bring him? Uh, he wouldn't want much. No, that's the thing. I, I think you're right about that. Yeah. I think he would do it. That's... And I don't know if any team has ever made this appeal, but there are so many great players who come from Montreal. Martin Brodeur is an example. Le Cavalier is an example. Lemieux. Lemieux is an example. If you could get all those guys saying, look, I want to do for my hometown what my hometown has done for me. Yeah. And let's all come back, boys, and let's take this, let's take this thing and, and put a Stanley Cup back in Montreal. Yeah. That would be the most amazing it thing would. ever. Uh I think Crawford's from Montreal. Yep, Corey Crawford's yeah. from Montreal. A couple other players as well. It would be so amazing. Yeah, it would be great. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, yeah, a few things. <laughs> That's probably about it for hockey, uh, but I do have just it being Veterans Day in the U.S. and Remembrance Day in Canada. Yeah, I just think it's nice to recognize that. Yeah. Uh, your mother and I went to the uh, Remembrance Day outdoor services today at the Cenotaph near the town hall, the town center in Stratford, and my goodness, it was cold. I don't think I've been at a Remembrance Day 
that was that cold? 2013. <clears throat> I went in 2013. It's the last time I went because I got so sick. It rained and it was so cold. I was sick for three weeks afterwards and I missed work because of it. Well, there was no rain here. No, it was, it was just windy. Windy as... <laughs> AF. AF. Windy <laughs> AF. And uh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> like it was already cold. It was like 32 or 34 degrees Fahrenheit, like zero plus one Celsius. Yeah. And we actually had a wind warning for the entirety of the ceremony. And the wind blew that hard that the microphones were getting the wind, you know that, but it was really, really bad. Mm. And the place was packed, just packed, because this is the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One. Mm. That's, that's crazy, eh? It is crazy. Right. Like when I, when I was a kid, I've been participating in Remembrance Day ceremonies as a Cub Scout, a Boy Scout, an Air Cadet, and then just as a citizen, mm -hmm. basically all of my life. from the My earliest memories are holding the flag in church on the Sunday Remembrance Day service. In Quebec, where I'm from, <coughs> excuse me, Remembrance Day is not a holiday. Oh, really? Really. Remembrance Day, uh, we would go to school like every other day, but at 11 o'clock we would take a minute silence, yeah, silence, and they would play something over the PA, and then we would be back to school. Okay, get your pencils, kids, and back to school. But what we always did at church was the Sunday just before Remembrance Day, if it wasn't on a Sunday, uh, they would have a special Remembrance Day church service. Mm. And the church was packed with <coughs> veterans who had fought in the First World War. Well, I remember being in school and seeing <coughs> World War I vets come in mm -hmm. to our assemblies and say some say some stuff, and, and we got to look at their medals and everything, and there's none, there's none left. Yeah, and they've been gone for years now. Yeah. It's uh, And pretty soon the World War II guys will be gone, and it's just... Hard, hard to believe. It really is hard to believe. When I was uh, at some of these ceremonies and services back when I was a kid, the World War One guys were not only around, they were still in the workforce. Mm. They hadn't retired yet. <laughs> you know, they would be born, let's say, in 1897 or 1898. They'd be going through the war in late teens or early 20s. And by 1965, they're just getting to retirement age. Yeah. And it's hard to believe that they're all gone. Like my grandfather, who died in 1990, he was born in 1915. He was only three years old when World War I ended. But just the thought of him being 103 years old now, if he were still alive, yeah. is just mind-boggling. Hmm. It's, it's crazy how fast time passes and really, in a way, how slow it passes and how little we learn. Absolutely. Right? And soon <coughs> we'll be talking about veterans from the Korean War. I think it was, that was the next one, right? The Korean War? After World War II. And, and Korea was very quickly after World War II. It was 1950 to 1953. Yeah. So the Korean War, the youngest Korean War veteran is probably well in their 70s. Yeah. Now, and then the, maybe in their 80s. And then... Uh, well, for Canada... What was next after that? Well, for Canada, not much. Uh, not much as far as uh, major conflict. But Canada had a lot of peacekeeping troops that went into Egypt and Syria. Bosnia, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, and that would be in the 80s. 80s, yeah. uh, Into Bosnia, uh, Canada's troops were in Rwanda, uh, Somalia, uh, all kinds of places, Eritrea, uh, even East Timor. Not in Vietnam. There was Not a, so much in Vietnam. There yeah. were Canadians in Vietnam, but mostly fighting with the American forces. Yeah. Uh, Non-citizens can join the U.S. Armed Forces, which is interesting. Mm. And I had a friend of mine who was actually became a helicopter pilot for the United States, even though he was a Canadian citizen. Hmm. And he fought in Vietnam. And uh, Canada had people there, and we had some miniature deployments there. We had some, you know, advisors and 
other folks that were seconded to the American forces who would have ended up in Vietnam, but uh, we weren't officially there as a whole presence. Mm. And then, of course, the Afghanistan right, yeah. uh, business. And then since then, you know, we're actually, we're still there. <coughs> Gulf War was early 90s, late 80s? Gulf War would be around 1990. Yeah. And uh, we were not in on that, actually. We weren't, not, right. we weren't, we weren't in the coalition. Our leadership at the time in Parliament was not favorable to, uh, to the coalition. That so. was George Bush Sr.? Uh, that would be, no, uh, yes, George Bush Sr. Yeah. yeah. He was president from 1989 to 1993. And uh, he, we were not as members of the Coalition of the Willing. <coughs> of the Willing. So, of the Willing, that's what they called it. We weren't willing. <laughs> but we were there for moral support. And I remember watching it on TV. It was quite something. But uh, we Canada has a long and distinguished history of uh, helping keep peace in the world, as well as helping uh, bring the deadly force when we had to. So... Uh, we're pretty proud of our military heritage. And the, the most interesting thing today, I think, about the Remembrance Day ceremony, which is always the same. It's always the same poems are read and the same 23rd Psalm, and there's the, the hymns that are read, Abide With Me, and so on. We always sing, O Canada. We always sing, God Save the Queen at the end. And everything else is the same. But this was different today in one way. The benediction, which is normally d- delivered by wh- whichever minister or priest did the homily or the sermon part, Mm-hmm. was this time delivered by the Buddhist monks. Oh, right. Because there's a monastery in Prince Edward Island, and there's hundreds of them there uh, doing what it is they do. They they do community work and meditation and, and education and thinking about th- important things like peace. And they came and did a song and a, and, a, and a prayer, a Buddhist prayer, which was really, really interesting. And, of course, Buddhists would be practitioners of peace, and this is all about peace, right? Mm-hmm. It's not to glorify war, it's to uh, pray for peace yep. and s- to stop all war. And uh, it was really, really well done. But they must have been freezing their AF off because oh, yeah. they were dressed in their long robes, and th- they weren't down to sandals, but they were pretty close. And it was just brutal. The wind was just brutal, and it was hard for them to even stand up. Jeez, crazy. They were making a pretty big wind sail yeah something. anyway it was really something to see them i hope they do it again uh soon because it was really uh, interesting did you see uh trump not being able to fold his umbrella getting, no. getting on the plane <laughs> no i didn't he tries to get on the plane he's trying to put his umbrella away and he can't so he just leaves it he just like sets it on the top of the stairs in, in the plane and just gets on the plane it just like lays there on the ground floating around a little bit well that's not quite as embarrassing as when he went up the stairs with the toilet paper on his shoe Oh, I have to see that. No. Oh, yeah. uh, anyway, people are posting a clip of Justin Trudeau' speech, uh, his Remembrance Day speech. He was giving it in the rain, and he had the umbrella above his head. And he took the umbrella down, and he said, "Like we sit here in the rain, getting our hair wet and our shoes wet and whatever, and we we don't realize what the people in World War One went through because it was just a brutal war." Mm-hmm. And so it was cool to see him do that. But he actually did it last year, not this year. But people are posting it now (laughs) and saying, look what Justin Trudeau did because of what Trump did. But Mm -hmm. basically the person who posted it saying it's happened this year because Justin Trudeau is trying to poke fun at Donald Trump. But it actually happened a year ago. (laughs) And anyways, it's causing a little bit of controversy on Reddit and the internet. That's an interesting point about just bad weather generally and what we go through when we stand outside for these presentations and these observances. Yeah. Because we 
can maybe bond a little bit with with the dead soldiers who went through such worse conditions. Oh, uh, such worse. Such yeah. worse. It's unbelievable the the lack, the, no sleep, cold, wet, laying in the muddy trenches mm. for years. So much disease and hardly any food. Uh, disease, lice, uh, rot. And they had a condition back then. And I used to see it in my previous job, uh, conditions of old World War I veterans called trench mouth. Now, I don't really know what trench mouth is, but I can imagine it's highly unpleasant. It doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't. And uh, I don't even want to look it up. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Anyway, it's... Uh, it's just uh, hard for us to imagine. So I think it's good that uh, Remembrance Day, Veterans Day, is on the 11th of November because it's often, at least in this part of the world, bad weather that day. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so. Because people are losing a bit of their comfort when they're doing it, and they can have a little bit of, uh, of connection with, with the veterans of World War One, especially. World War Two as well. There's all kinds of horrifying conditions mm. uh, in all war. War itself is a horrifying condition, but uh, it was really... It was brutal today, and uh, I felt somewhat at, uh, at, you know. A bit of a connection. A bit of a connection. A a bit of a connection with veterans who suffered uh, in the cold. Mm -hmm. You probably don't, I think I've asked you this before, but I don't think you remember being in Washington at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. I remember pretending to read the names on the thing just so you guys would think that I was doing something so we could leave. That sounds terrible, but I'm, it does sound. Terrible. I was a bored little kid. I was like seven. It so. doesn't just sound terrible. It was terrible. I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now there's the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, where there's a bunch of names that you would have maybe pretended to read. But the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is is arrayed with a bunch of steps, and we saw the changing of the guard. Yep. And you remember that part? Yep. Uh, that's where the American official main ceremony was today mm-hmm. uh, for Veterans Day, and uh, whenever I see those i think of back to when we were all there the precision the drill the inspection of the rifles and the you know the the rifle work throwing it around and all of that was just fantastic i can't wait to go back and see it again yeah it's, it's cool it's, to watch it's really spectacular the americans have such a close attention to to uh to precision when it comes to things like marching and drill and and handling a weapon it's just amazing they put put a huge emphasis on band Mm-hmm. and music oh yeah and i think that's really important because there are so many like we see in hockey games we can bring this right back to hockey mm-hmm. last night the game between the golden knights and the montreal canadians they did a ceremony because it was remembrance day here they had someone of the, some i think it was was he in the military or the air force or i don't know what specifically what he was yeah, he was in, in the Air Force. He was a um, Royal Canadian Air Force, and he was stationed at St. Hubert yeah. Air Base in Montreal. But he sung the national anthem, and he nailed it. He was it fantastic. Was amazing. So fantastic. There's some great musicians yeah, uh, in really the military, are. in the states and in Canada as well. Uh, and in the states, like they have two holidays. One is Veterans Day, which was which is today, the 11th of November. They have also a Memorial Day, which is in it's a long weekend in May. Do they have Labor Day. Oh, yeah, they have Labor Day. So Memorial Day for the Americans is to remember veterans that are passed away, mm-hmm. whereas Veterans Day is mainly to honor veterans that are still alive. Mm-hmm. It's not exclusively that. It's a bit of crossover there, whereas we have both those remembrances basically on one day. Yeah, which so is we, today. Yeah, we don't have a Memorial Day in the spring. Mm-hmm. This is our version of Memorial Day and Veterans Day all rolled into one. Exactly. Yeah. 
But uh, the military, the band thing. That's why I love the Army Navy game so much. They both have bands. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. have they have drum offs and they have competitions. So they'll stand right up against you know facing each other and just pound away, and then they'll back off, and then the other, you know, the Navy will come up and they'll pound away in their drums. And, <laughs> and oh, it's, it's just, good stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic stuff. Mm. So that's all coming up. Army Navy game is next month. Oh, baby! Jesus, seems like just yesterday we watched the I know. the last one. I can't wait. Uh, Go Navy, beat Army. Anything else? I think I'm pretty well tapped out. Today was also the Manchester Derby, uh, where Manchester United and Manchester City play each other. They do that, uh, it's a regular thing annually. And in this case, uh, they because it was, was Remembrance Day in Britain as well, they had a big poppy symbol at oh, yeah. uh, center field. And they did the uh, some poems and things right as part of the opening ceremonies of the, f- of the mm. soccer game, the football game. And it was nicely done. I was in the mall yesterday and saw someone walking in with the, I was kind of I was sitting on a bench and I was facing the doors, facing doors in the distance. And a guy came in with a huge Manchester City logo on his t-shirt. Manchester City? Or what? United. No, sorry, Manchester United. Oh, good. Uh, logo on his, his red shirt, the logo on there. Mm-hmm. He had his jacket unzipped, I think, just so people could see it. He, it was it was cool. So, <laughs> well, he he was probably as unhappy as I was today because <laughs> City beat United oh, three, no. three one. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Oops. Remembrance Day is you know not just Canada; it's uh, Commonwealth countries generally. Uh, even in a place like busy old Toronto, <coughs> pardon me, in Toronto, uh, your grandfather and I were there for business, probably about thirty years ago now. And it was, it just happened to be, it's probably one of the only remembrance days I've missed being at the local ceremony because I was in Toronto and, and working and we were staying at a hotel near the airport and it got close to 11 o'clock and we were in a restaurant having a l- early lunch and I thought, oh yeah, this, the people up here probably don't even know there's a remembrance day. Mm-hmm. Most of the staff that we could see in the restaurant were probably immigrants. They were, you know probably South American, Asian, whatever they were, because the service jobs are typically, you know, go to newcomers to Canada. And uh, you have a flashing light on the camera there. Is that something that's a problem? I don't know. I probably ran out of space on the card or something. Uh Uh-oh. It's fine. Anyway, um, you just paste up the thing. We're almost done. Anyway, as it turned out, at 11 o'clock, the last post played over the sound system in the entire hotel, and everybody stopped. Wow. And did their two minutes of silence and then resumed their work serving food and whatnot. I was so impressed. That's impressive, yeah. It was very impressed. Huh. Anyway, okay, I'm good. All right, well, it looks like we've, we've, I think the card is full, so you're probably not seeing any video footage of this, so uh, good time to wrap it up anyway. <laughs> so uh, thanks, guys, for watching as long as you did until it ran out of space. And listening, we really appreciate that. If you could leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play Music, if you are not subscribed to the uh, YouTube our YouTube channel, that would be awesome if you could hit the subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter uh, at Post to Post Show for myself, and I believe Brent is at VY2HF. That is correct. That's right. He's on Twitter. Give him a follow. Oh yeah. Tweet him a tweet or whatever you call it. And are you on Instagram as well? I am. Are you VY2HF on Instagram? Too? I think on Instagram I'm at Brent VY2HF. Oh. I think. I think Instagram required me to have a slightly longer username. Oh. Uh, so I think I had to do that instead. I'm on Instagram at Post to Post Show, and also my personal Instagram is N E I L T A Y L O R R. So if you want to follow any of those, that would be awesome. Otherwise, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Hope you're having a good day watching lots of hockey. 
and we'll see you in the next podcast. Adios.